Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking about integrated campaigns with Amy Wang. Amy is the marketing operations manager at People AI and previously worked in demand generation and marketing operations at OpenGov and H2O.ai. She's a Marketo and Salesforce certified administrator, and her 15 minutes of fame came when she appeared on national television eating a hot dog at a college football game. Amy, uh, super happy to have you on today. I did notice on, uh, I believe it's on your LinkedIn profile, why don't you have a picture of yourself eating a hot dog? <laughs> uh, you know, I someone sent that to me, uh, and I never saved that photo. Uh, <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to, I wasn't supposed to be eating the hot dog. So oh. I actually got in trouble for doing that. <laughs> You're holding it for a friend. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I, I was in the USC marching band and we're not uh, supposed to eat in uniform. And I had uh, wow. my friend's mom sneak me a hot dog and ESPN caught me eating a hot dog in uniform. That's better than if you were a hot dog vendor and they caught you eating a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah someone paid for it. <laughs> yep. So, Kicking it off here, the, the topic's integrated campaigns. I will only be speaking a little bit throughout the episode about hot dogs and, and USC. Um, <laughs> so integrated campaigns, uh, I, I like to try to look these things up to give a foundation for the listeners. Uh, so I'm going to read off a quick definition here so people know where we're coming from. Uh, an integrated marketing campaign combines multiple channels such as content, email, display advertising, and social media in order to promote a consistent message to a specific audience. So basically coming up with a campaign concept, not just putting it out over email display ads, something like that, but the same campaign concept, uh, creative imagery, copy, that kind of stuff put out over multiple, uh, multiple channels. Is that uh, accurate? Yeah. And I would, I would add in um, sales team as well. They have to do the same messaging and they have to continue basically what marketing started. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, Right. So the sales team as well. So it's almost like a mini brand within a company. It's a, it's a specific campaign uh, brand that everybody is telling that line. Yeah, I would, I would call it uh, like a, a theme that everyone has to coordinate around. Right, right. Let's see. Uh, first, before we get into stuff, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? We already know about your hot dog eating days and, uh, and about USC. Um, after that, can you tell us about your, your professional career, getting into marketing, how you got there, and, and how you got to People AI? Uh, yeah, um, it's actually an interesting story. I'd graduated college and was looking for a job, and I was at a Phil's Coffee talking to my friend about looking for a job, and the CEO of H2O.AI was standing behind me like, hey, I'm hiring uh, a lot for every role. Here's my card. Um, and that's how I ended up there. And I met... Um, he was my boss at the time in marketing, but he's now my CEO. Um, so I met him there. Uh, he started People AI uh, not long after I'd met him, and I was not ready to join a one person in a garage operation. So I went to OpenGov first, and then now now I'm back working for him. Wow! So he recruited you out of the coffee line that that old trope <laughs> for how you got into the industry, um, and then. Uh, you went to another company for a little more security for a while, and then he recruited you back again. Yeah. Um, so he, the CEO of People AI was actually at the head of marketing at H2O. Um, the CEO of H2O is the one that found me at Phil's. Um, it, I swear it's not an episode of Silicon Valley. 
<laughs> it sounds like it. Yep. Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, People AI? What you guys do there? What your what the company does uh, basically, and what your daily role is? Sure. We're so we're the only revenue intelligence system. Uh, we basically automate the capture of all your contact and customer facing activity data, and use that data to automatically update your CRM, and then allows you to. Uh, have actionable intelligence across all of your management tools. Interesting, interesting. So really a data depth kind of. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's few aspects to it, but uh, one is just we automatically capture activity information. So your sales reps don't have to do any manual data entry, uh, but we also create the contacts for you and associate them to the correct opportunities. Right, right. I guess when you say so, the sales reps don't have to enter stuff. Generally, it means so it actually happens because yeah, <laughs> yes. sales reps just don't know how to use a keyboard. I think <laughs> at least they yeah. pretend they they pretend like it. <laughs> I think they push the envelope to see if yeah what they can get away with it for them. Right. Yeah. See yeah. if somebody will invent something that does it for them, and you have people AI. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's also another good thing is like when you automatically capture all the activity, you can see who's not doing anything. Ah, yeah. Yep. Which, you okay. know, as a marketer, that's like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> see when people are not. not doing anything? <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, why aren't you doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just have a random question. What's your favorite hot dog? What's your favorite, like, do you have a regular hot dog, Chicago hot dog? Like, <laughs> I told you we're going to have a hot hot dog talk on Yeah. Because I um, love hot dogs. So what I, is love, I love a value hot dog from Costco Food Court. <laughs> Damn! No way! That's awesome. Amy's looking for ROI, not the best hot dog in the world, the best ROI. I mean, for one seventy-five, that's a pretty good hot dog. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to hot dogs again soon. Um, I like hot dogs. Run them through the garden. Mm. Okay, back to you. Integrated campaigns, uh, Amy. Can you? Um, Open up, speak to that a little bit. Uh, give it, give us your your general thoughts around integrating uh, marketing campaigns. Uh, sure. I mean, it it really doesn't work if you're not uh, super aligned throughout your team. So field marketing, digital marketing, your SDRs, your sales team. Um, it takes a lot of coordination and a lot of planning. So that is always the first step. And for us, a lot of our our best interactions are in person. Um, so dinners, conferences, direct mail packages, those are some of our best interactions because, you know, everyone knows how to delete an email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have to coordinate. We found out that, you know, those are our best interactions. So we coordinate all our uh, integrated campaigns around that. So all our digital ads will be, around uh, like an in-person event uh, or all our uh, email nurture will be around a conference. Um, and that that's where we really start is with the planning, the coordination, and then determining what's worked best in the past. Right. So simple things like you won't send out an email campaign saying, hey, come check out People AI. Here's what we do. You'll send out something saying, hey, we're going to be at MarTech West. Come check out our booth. Um, or we were just at, uh, nice, nice to have seen you, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we try to continue conversations based on 
what that interaction was. So if they went to a dinner for sales operations leaders, then we, we continue that, uh, that theme throughout all our campaigns. We have our uh, AEs do personalized outreach and we've set up cadences for them based on that. So it's, it's always based around uh, what kind of in-person or direct mail interaction you've had with us, just because we know we get the most traction that way. So you mentioned a couple kind of, you have a couple pillars and then you have secondary stuff that feeds off of those, those initial um, campaigns. You mentioned in-person events, that's like dinners, stuff like that, trade shows, does it all go into the same in-person event bucket? Yeah, we, so we, we customize it a little bit based um, on the type of in-person interaction as well as the persona. So we'll do dinners for different personas or we'll do dinners around MarTech, which is obviously more of a marketing or marketing operations persona. And then depending on the size of the event, we'll customize the rest of the integrated campaign. So if it's a, it's a small intimate dinner, then we'll maybe do more direct mail follow-up, send them some wine, uh, do more personal targeted ads. Whereas if it's a giant conference, we might go a little more broad with our theme. Mm-hmm. So the, the main pillars that you're feeding off of are things like trade shows, dinners. I think you mentioned one is direct mail and initial. Direct mail. Yeah. I, uh, it's not necessarily in person, but it's like something you can touch and feel in person. Right. So It's a little more personal, I guess. And that's getting pretty hot right now. Like you said, with the, everybody can delete an email. Emails diminishing a bit, I, w- I would say. And direct mail, in-person events, all getting pretty hot. Yep. And, you know, people are good with ad blocker these days as well. So yeah, you, you need to get every angle. Yeah. So, so you'll start out with trade shows, dinners, direct mail pieces, and then within the same creative concepts, follow up with uh, email cadences um, and uh, what the, re, do you retarget display ads and stuff like that as well? We do. Yes. We also do uh, personal ads. So uh, there's a couple tools out there that you can, Give you can upload your list and it will find that one person you're looking for, and serve the ads just to that one person. Yep. Okay. Um, and then, and you- then we, we also do like we'll ghostwrite emails for our executives if you know it's a like a more high touch intimate interaction the first time maybe it was like an investor introduction an investor EBC something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think uh, we were speaking offline a little bit before this, and you mentioned this bringing the sales team into the mix as well. Yeah, uh, so they, this doesn't work without them. Uh, I know like marketers like to make fun of salespeople, but... <laughs> they make but with, fun of us too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that handoff is super important. So yeah. we we make sure that they're trained on whatever messaging we're doing, they are present at the dinners. We have them take notes. We incorporate that into the rest of the campaign. Um, we write cadences for them and we keep, I mean, we mostly use our product to keep a close eye on the follow-up. Some of them hate it. Some of them love it, but we've, we have to make sure that we're not dropping anything. If we're spending all this time and money on multiple touches and we will continue uh, reaching these people in different ways even as the sales team is talking to them, but we'll modify it once there's an open opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I've got a bit of a gotcha question here. Um, Maybe not, but what's the difference between this integrated campaign strategy and account-based marketing? 
Yeah, uh, I actually like had that question myself when I was starting out because ABM is such a hot term right now. Um, this type of campaign is well suited for account-based marketing because you have a list and you can really go after them with multiple touches using an integrated campaign. But for us, we can also do it just persona-based. Like we, we don't have to go off of any accounts. We can say like, we're just going off marketers or theme is marketers. Let's just do a bunch of stuff around marketers. Right. So you can do this. This is like ABM, but you can be much more general as well. Yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, it is well suited for ABM. Right, right. Yeah, I guess if you're doing account-based marketing and you're not doing integrated campaigns as well, then it's it's almost like account-based marketing is a, a bubble inside the integrated campaign bubble, maybe. Yeah. Extreme amount of overlap there. Okay, uh, fantastic. Can Based you give on us... all of your integration, which steps get the best ROI for you? And when, you, when I say ROI, like how do you, you know, measure that with what you're doing? Is it the number of... Yeah, which... Which steps would you consider your Costco hot dog? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, actually, I, it, it's a it's a one-two punch. Uh, so it's the Costco hot dog and the slice of pizza. Um, it Ooh. is doing <laughs> it's doing the the it, either the in person or the direct mail followed up by an, either another piece of direct mail um, or another in person. Mm-hmm. So doing direct mail and in-person in combination with each other has worked the best because, you know, you meet someone, then someone, something sits on their desk a week later, they remember meeting you. Mm. So the direct mail with the personal touch has worked well. Yeah. Or like we do vice versa. We send direct mail, like, you know, bottle of wine. Hey, we're going to be at this event next week. People come up to us and they're like, Hey, you sent me a bottle of wine last week. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's hard for them not to give you some attention. They'll, they'll feel guilty, most people, if, if they don't at least say hi. <laughs> Unless yeah. it's a crappy bottle of wine, right? <laughs> Ads and stuff are great, but uh, those two are the best. Yep, I was at uh, MarTech just recently. I got a phone charger from Profit.co, and I feel guilty not following up with them when they reach out to me now because it's sitting here on my desk. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't take somebody's freebies and then ignore them. I mean, I've, I've seen, it's I call them like a, I call yeah. them trick or treaters at conferences. There are those people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was talking to, yeah, filling up their swag bag, right? Yeah. I was talking to somebody at this conference about, uh, it was MarTech recently. Uh, it'll have been a month or so ago when, when this uh, episode airs, but about the, um, the art of approaching a, a table at a conference and they have their swag and their premium swag. And, um, and looking like a premium swagger for them. <laughs> so some, you know, they have the thing sitting aside that there's really a select handful of people they want to give them to. And then they have the pile of pens and uh, gummy bears or something like that. <laughs> you have to say it like Sean Connery, premium yeah. swag. <laughs> a premium swag. <laughs> I don't know what made me think of that. <laughs> that sounds like a whole new podcast. Swag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might not be the premium swag with Sean Connery. <laughs> I do not know oh what God. that would mean. <laughs> uh, it's just you rating swag that you've gotten at trade shows. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and you have to do it in the Sean Connery accent, yeah. You have, you, you have guests on to do their Sean Connery <laughs> accent of freebie. <laughs> um, 
Sean Connery is one of those. I think everybody thinks they do a good Sean Connery, and most people do because he's kind of easy to uh, to, <laughs> to do a funny version of at least. Uh, all right, <laughs> next conference, I'll just have to approach people um, with a Sean Connery accent, pretending like it's not, and see if they believe me, uh, and see if they give me premium swag. <laughs> um, so back to him, integrated campaigns. Um, we will continue to talk about hot dogs and Sean Connery, but uh, for now, um, integrated campaigns. Can you give us some uh, some do's and don'ts uh, for the listeners? Sure. You definitely have to loop in uh, either your SDR team or your sales team. If you don't tell people what's going on, you're going to waste your time and money. So that's very, very important. Um, the second thing is not, I mean, it seems like a duh, but align your marketing team, right? The field marketing team, sometimes they're, they're out in the fields, they're at events, they don't know what you're planning on the digital end, or they don't know what's going on in product marketing if you're doing a product launch. So getting your marketing team aligned around uh, a schedule or a theme is super important. Um, don't waste a bunch of money on people who aren't good fits <laughs> for your company's products. Um, I, I know that uh, spray and pray does work, um, but it does. Not. <laughs> it works on the people it works on, but then there's yeah. a huge segment that uh, it doesn't work. I guess this is where you're getting kind of you're saying it doesn't have to be account based marketing, but get as close as you can to that. I mean, nowadays with all the yeah, get, get a good sense there, of you should have a good sense of like, well, these are the people that normally talk to us in an open opportunity. Um, but because integrated campaigns take so much coordination, so much effort, you don't want to be just trying to blast it everywhere you don't want to invite a bunch of people to a dinner and just have a bunch of sean connery impersonators show up <laughs> like just there trying to get premium swag just and, uh, uh people the the costco free sample people at my yeah. dinners yeah wolfing down your dinners you never hear from them again they were never a good target <laughs> yeah so you got to do a little bit of account-based style targeting you have a bigger audience yeah. but but make sure that that you're not wasting a lot of your time and, and money there yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be account-based, just uh, like I mentioned, personas or just an understanding of what your buying group is. Yeah. Now, can we get into dinners a little bit? That seems like something that's really heated up. And um, I know people have been doing them for a long time, but they seem like they're becoming a um, a really chosen um, way of marketing for, for a lot of companies now. People are really starting to pay attention to them, do them, do them in mass. I'm hearing a lot of people talking about doing um, dinners, either general invite dinners or they're inviting specific groups of customers for either for selling um, to prospects or for, you know, kind of having a focus group of customers or a little bit of both. You mentioned you guys are doing those kind of things there. Can you tell us about that, how it works, how you guys pull it off? Yeah, I mean, we, we do it and I've seen lots of other companies do it. I've eaten a free dinner or two. Um, I would like to blame it on probably like food network or top chef. Um, <laughs> everyone seems to be interested in like a very fancy free meal. Um, so that, that is a big part of it. Um, but another part of it is we like to try and position our dinners as it's not, it's not a hard sell. Like come talk to other people in the industry, pick their brains and we'll also be there. We're right, like gonna... a networking event almost where yeah. you get a nice dinner. Yeah, exactly. And a lot, I mean, a lot of people, they, they know each other, right? If you're just talking about CMOs, 
uh, of like fortune 500 companies, they probably all know each other. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a chance to eat a free meal and hang out with your, your, uh, your friends and people that you want to hear from. So I think that's why it works so well. It just, it feels more intimate and personal. When you do something like a dinner, do you uh, do it on a platform that allows people to accept and see the other people that are going to be there ahead of time? So we, usually what we do is we just put out personal invites. Um, Either we ghostwrite them as an executive or the executives write them themselves. Salespeople send out invites. And once registrations start rolling in, then we do a second wave of invites and we'll mention the title level or the type of company um, registrants are from. We won't name names or anything like that. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think that that sort of makes people feel uncomfortable if maybe like someone who reports to them sees an email like, oh, my boss is going to this dinner. What we find works well is we usually have someone who's the host who isn't us. So a customer or, you know, a well-respected person in that field will be the volunteer or will find someone to host for us. And then it feels a little more like a, like a friendly networking event. Right. I see. And you're also getting some kind of uh, validation from, it's almost like you're, you're getting a referral <laughs> or something from that customer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a bit of third party credibility, right? Instead of you always saying that you're good, that's probably very good for them too, because it's like a peer. Yeah. And for the host, I mean, if you get to pick where you eat and it's a nice meal, that is a good, that is a good uh, perk. Yeah. How many do you normally have at these dinners? Um, it, it really depends on the venue. It, it can be anywhere from 10 to 25. Mm-hmm. Generally, we don't go a lot bigger than that because it gets hard to hear everyone talk. Yeah. So you'll take a kind of a premium client of yours and, and say, hey, would you like to host a dinner? We'll pay for everything. And you come in and get to, uh, you know, get to, to talk and, and put your company out in front of all these people. Um, and that way you, you get to, you know, have them run the show you're sitting behind them there's no hard pressure they're they're giving you the the extra credibility of kind of a referral type setup what kind of relationship do they have with you to become a host of one of these it it really depends um i mean sometimes they're not customers we just uh we reach out and say are you interested in hosting a networking dinner and sometimes they agree um and i've seen this at dinners that i've been at or my colleagues have been as well um, it is fairly common for people to find that sort of host, whether they have a strong relationship with the sponsor company or not, to sort of uh, just lead some of the conversations. Interesting. And I've been to one of these, I think it was an Oracle Marketing Cloud dinner or something like that. And uh, they had the same thing they presented, but then also they had a, a partner company that presented. Um, do you guys usually do like a present product presentation or is it purely networking? If it's a customer dinner, customer advisory event, we'll definitely do some presentations because they want to know what's going on with the product and things like that. If it's mostly, you know, prospects, we try not to do a hard pitch. We want to, we want to hear about the problems that they're facing. So more networking than like a, uh, you know, a PowerPoint presentation or something like that. Yeah. I mean, of course we'll discuss what we do, but Mm -hmm. we we don't want to make it feel high pressure. Right. Right. We want you to enjoy your nice dinner. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember there was no talk at the dinner that I went to about, um, you know, here's how you buy our stuff or do you want to or any type of sales feeling to it at all, um, which was very nice. That was uh, the fear going into those is always, okay, is this a timeshare presentation? <laughs> 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 is, is that the exchange here? Yes, I'm getting dinner, but how much of my soul are they going to take in, in exchange? The alcohol is better at these ones. <laughs> When you walk in and you hear the door click behind you, you know you're in trouble. But short of that, you're fine. Okay, um, I want to take a quick break here. Something to think about before we go on break. Um, I'd like you to kind of break down for us how these integrated campaigns might apply for some different sizes of companies. You know, most marketing tactics work differently in a small business versus an enterprise size business. Any insight into how to execute something like this or how one might execute it given different budgets and company sizes and whatnot. So just think about that. We'll, we'll get back to that after the break. I also want to talk more about the direct mail techniques you guys use, that kind of stuff. So we will be right back. Need to grow your email list, win new social media followers, or just need some help getting found on Google? Edison on Main's digital toolkits provide you with the tools and the training to execute a marketing campaign that will reach your customers and grow your business. Visit edisononmain.com today to learn more about the toolkits and use code if you market to download our six ways to get more people to your blog guide and template to reusing content for free. EdisonOnMain.com. Creating a marketing plan is tough. Our toolkits make it easy. Welcome back to the If You Market podcast. Uh, like I said before, the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I've got Amy Wang of People AI. We're talking about integrated campaigns. Amy, uh, I threw a couple things at you before the break. Can you, can you address the company size issue? I mean, does this come together differently based on whether you're an enterprise or a small business? Yeah, it, it's definitely different. Um, a larger company is not going to be able to do so much uh, manual work that we do here. But we work with a lot of marketing teams at really large enterprises. And what is really key for them to execute something like this is themes. So they'll probably do a quarterly theme mm. or even like a yearly theme. And everyone learns the messaging. Everyone looks at the branding. Everyone knows maybe not like when this direct mail goes out or when this event happens, but they know the general gist of what's happening. Um, so it is a little bit different at a big scale, but some of the key elements that you'll need to do it are still there. Right. So you may have your, your kind of uh, your pillar events and dinners and that kind of stuff. But then even within those, you have an overriding theme um, or kind of messaging that you're putting out brand that you're putting out that, that mirrors all of your other marketing as well, online, social media, um, uh, display ads, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And again, the, the coordination of uh, handoff from marketing to sales is very different, but uh, there, most of the enterprises that we work with have really uh, good enablement teams that make sure that the sales teams know what's going on on the marketing side and what they need to be doing to follow up. And that's on the enterprise side, I guess, in the small business space, it's much easier because everybody's sitting next to each other. So you don't need quite as much focus on the, uh, on the integration and keeping everybody in the loop. Yeah, you're, you're able to send an email directly to a one salesperson one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Or just yell throughout the office. Hey, we're doing this now. <laughs> I mean, between marketing and sales, that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So 
What about tech stacks? That always comes into play in these kind of things. Do you have a favorite tech stack for running the integrated campaigns? Yeah, so it's interesting. That's probably um, something that people don't think about before they like start launching integrated campaigns, but it's one of the most crucial. Your operations have to be in order, just keeping track of where things are coming from, what's happening when. And we, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, I am a Salesforce administrator. I'm a Marketo certified expert. So those are my two preferred sources of truth. So everything goes into basically both. And then, you know, we have a, a events platform we use called Splash That, and we use a direct mail service called Sendoso. And, you know, we use all the ad platforms. We have ABM tools, um, just making sure that everything goes into Marketo and Salesforce is key for us. Just having one place to look for everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, is that all about lead attribution kind of, um, and, and knowing where you're at in the campaigns, what to send to who, that type of stuff? Yeah, it, it's partly attribution and partly like our product logs all activities, right? So from salespeople. So between sales and marketing, we need to know, okay, if I'm a salesperson, I've emailed this person twice, I need to see if marketing's done anything else in that period of time before I go and email them again. And as coordinated as you are, you cannot get salespeople to memorize anything. So, <laughs> except for the pitch, that's it. So <laughs> that's why it's so important to push all of that information of everything you're doing into one place. Right. If it's not in the CRM, it didn't happen, even for marketers. <laughs> I like to tell the salespeople that. They don't believe me. <laughs> yeah, and, until they say, oh, you had these guys to a dinner. How come I didn't know it wasn't in the CRM? And then you say, aha! <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. How's it go? Aha! <laughs> I jump out from around the corner and do that to him. <laughs> what happened? Um, and I guess the tech stack for a small business would just be uh, email and an Excel spreadsheet or, or a Google Docs spreadsheet or something like that. <laughs> yeah, for for like a smaller company that's just starting out, the Google Docs are amazing uh, for collaboration. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Versus a spreadsheet, I guess with a Google Doc spreadsheet, you you can share amongst people, even if you just have two people working on something, being able to, to see what's going on live like that is 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 great. Yeah. Okay. So we hit uh, some basic tech stack stuff there. I imagine you're also throwing in some display ad uh, um, techs and and whatever technology people are using for all their different marketing uh, marketing channels. Um, but the primary one you're saying is going to be that that CRM and having everything focus around it. Yeah, it, it's so important to just have all your data and have it in one place. And then I guess giving a little pitch to you guys, People AI, you guys help collecting the information and pulling it into the CRM? Yeah, it, it makes it a lot easier for me to see that the salespeople are actually doing something with what I've given them. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. I have kind of an off uh, an offbeat question here for you. I noticed you studied war studies in <laughs> London. What are war studies? I mean, we could get into aspects of naval history, but it's not really that interesting. <laughs> you you uh, just watch Master and Commander and write a paper uh, on it. <laughs> I wish uh, that there's a lot of aspects to it. The majority of studying war is figuring out how to prevent it. So a lot of diplomacy, but then there's also stuff where you learn how to set up a naval blockade 
um, which is something that I've not used since. <laughs> I don't know. You go to war in marketing sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Just with my sales team. <laughs> yeah, I, I've told people I here that. I bet you set uh, up a naval blockade within your sa- like with your sales force, right? <laughs> they maybe at a trade show. Themselves because uh, they don't yeah. even know how to log in. <laughs> when, they, uh, when they bring out the bar at a trade show, you set up a naval blockade. <laughs> comes in handy here when i am focused on something then i'm in the war room i'm focused on one task and that's in the war room for whatever that is oh funny you say that one of my coworkers who sits next to me calls it flying a plane because you've mm-hmm. got the big headphones on and you're staring straight ahead and yeah you're really focused on that so something you mentioned before we talked a lot in the first half about the integrated campaigns and kind of building it around a a core p- marketing pillar with you guys that the dinners or trade shows or, or direct mail or something like that. But then you mentioned here in the second half, the theme, having a theme for, for your integrated campaigns as well. Can you speak to that a little bit? I guess when you're, when you're doing campaigns across many different channels, are you always referencing some trade show dinner, something like that? Or sometimes is the campaign just, just themed uh, w- within the same theme? Yeah, we, we do we do both. Um, so we'll, we'll do uh, integrated campaigns around themes or we'll do it around, say, an event or it could be combined. The event is part of the theme. So if our theme is marketing operations and marketing tech, uh, MarTech conference obviously would be a part of that. And so that would be basically an in-person and a theme. And we might roll up another like MarTech East conference. We might roll that into the same integrated campaign. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I guess one of the benefits of using the theme across all channels is you're basically getting optimal use out of all the work put into the creative, the imagery, the copy, all that kind of stuff. Um, you're not having to come up with a new concept for every campaign. You can take the same concept and really work it across all the channels um, and, and whatnot. Yeah, it makes our uh, creative director's life slightly easier. Yep, yep. Let me see. We touched briefly on it in the first half again, but actionable insights for the listeners. If there was one pitfall, not the biggest, you have to do this, but something could be simple even that you say, you know what, this is a single point of failure. They'll be very careful of this, or don't do this silly little thing that'll, uh, that, that'll hurt you. I think, um, what did I see? I saw something at, at a trade show, you know, people make little mistakes with their booths or um, this one booth only had one person at it and she was really worn down. I said, what's going on? She said, oh, everybody's sick. They traveled in and everybody got sick. And I thought, oh, that's a good thing to think of. You know, when you're going to a trade show, make sure ahead of time, everybody that's there is really paying attention to their health because you're going to be exposed to a lot of new germs and stuff and maybe take extra precautions to um, take your vitamins and wash your hands and all that kind of stuff. The last thing you want is everybody sick at a trade show. Well, Anything? everyone should be washing their hands anyways. <laughs> 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 oh, of course, all the time. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, no, not working yourself into a frazzle right before you go because you're trying to get rid of everything, you know, off of your plate before you go, and then you're so tired, and then you get sick, and blah blah blah. Yeah, you forget about yeah. your health before a trade show, and then also planes are dirty. Yeah, yeah, it's and true. wash your hands. I'm about to fly tomorrow. I'm just thinking of that. That's true. <laughs> they were pretty gross. <laughs> So do you have any simple don'ts for people? Like, hey, watch out for this. It could kind of ruin things. Yeah, this is one that like sometimes I have to remind myself of. Always ask yourself when you're putting together the pieces of integrated campaigns, what happens next, right? If someone sees my ad, 
what happens next? Where are they going? Like, are you hitting them again? Are they seeing another ad? Um, there always has to be a next step. You can't just drop the people that are in your integrated campaign. You've done a multi-channel campaign on purpose for a reason. So they have to have a next step. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not in your, in your court, not in the marketing court. It might be to an SDR or salesperson, but there always has to be next step. True. You're continuing the conversation every step. It's a little series of agreements, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, you, you also have to plan for the people who maybe they're not ready to buy or they, they're not ready to have a demo. Those people need next steps as well. And that has to be built into your campaign plan. Mm-hmm. I'd like to transition over to direct mail pieces. That was another one of kind of the pillars that you'd mentioned. Can you tell us how you guys execute uh, that and how it, how it works into a integrated campaign for you? Sure. So sometimes we lead with it. Sometimes it's a, it's a follow-up piece direct mail for us. We, we uh, use Sendoso, which integrates with our Salesforce campaign. So we can keep track of what's being sent, who it's being sent to, um, how much the cost is. Um, for us, it's really important to just make sure that it feels personal. It feels like we have a little bit of branding, but not too much. I think when people see, you know, a big blue box on their desk, they're like, oh, a vendor sent me something. And I know people like to send cupcakes or cookies. And for me, you know, I, I like cookies. So that works for me. But we, we typically try to send things that are a little bit different. I mean, we, we like to do wine, but we'll also do, we did like a Valentine's Day box that had candy and other goodies in it. So we, we like to be a little bit more, I want to say less, less branded, but more personal feeling. Mm-hmm. Now you do want them to see your brand though. So how do you guys balance between wanting them to remember your brand? I mean, some people want to send something that'll sit on a desk or in a, in the kitchen or something where people see the brand all the time. You know, if you can get a refrigerator magnet on a company's refrigerator, they're seeing your brand constantly. Um, that kind of thing. Is, are your mail pieces designed to try to get the brand to stick with them long-term or are you just trying to keep in front of them till the next touch point? It, it really depends. So when we send direct mail as a follow-up, we want it to be, it to feel personal. So it's usually something that's less branded. If we lead with the direct mail, we'll usually add direct mail later also in the integrated campaign, but that first touch will be more branded. We'll include collateral from our company and we'll include maybe one branded item. We'll have also some other things that you can, cause you know, no one, no one wants to wear like a logo of a hat, like on a hat of a company they've never heard of if they haven't heard of us. And a lot of people don't, we've found that a lot of people hate tchotchkes. I love them, but there are a lot of people who don't like them. So we try to have like a, a balance between the two. I'd say on my desk, I can, this is a fun game to play. I can reach around what and you, see. We got what, a free lunch from Dog House, which is a hot dog place in our neighborhood <laughs> uh, for the company, bringing it back to hot dogs. I've got my phone charger from Profit Co. I've got, there's just things all over the place. I've got a terminus from probably three years ago, a terminus notebook for writing notes in. I have another one from Sendoso. I've got pens from all kinds of people. Here's blue coat. The stuff just kind of builds up and you don't necessarily notice it. 
person too. He, he, yeah. he now, <laughs> if you send somebody branded post-its, I probably wouldn't use those because you kind of need it to be blank. Yeah. Uh, putting your watermark on a post-it might not be too effective, but I don't know. You give people certain things they do. Sorry, I'm looking around. So you probably, my audio probably dropped out, but um, I would like wine and cookies. they do stick around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wine and cookies, you consume them though. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. We we try mentally. to we try to strike the the balance between the two. So we'll leave some branded things and then some unbranded things. And I've you know I've found from personal experience, people love bringing those kinds of things that are kids. So oh, yeah. if you have things that are kid friendly, um, you'll be a popular booth at the trade show. That's Interesting. true. That's and I true. guess if you're targeting somebody specifically with a follow up piece, if you make have a custom onesie made for them. Uh, because they have a new baby, would that be going too far in the personalization or would that be good? <laughs> we we try not to be too creepy. Um, we will, if we see maybe like you went to a certain college on your LinkedIn, we may like send you a custom mug or something like that. But I think sending stuff for directly for your kids might be getting a little too. Maybe that'd be a little creepy. Right. Yep. <laughs> you don't Stay want it to feel family. like I'm watching your family. Like yeah, I yeah. feel violated. Yeah. <laughs> but Amy, if somebody wants to send you a coffee mug with a picture on it of you eating a hot dog at a college football <laughs> game, that probably wouldn't cross the line. You know, try to stay away from uh, photo items. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. By the way, I have a pic on my phone of a little girl in Ikea with a, I don't know who she is. She's just random, but she was a girl after my own heart. She has a hot dog in one hand. She has an ice cream cone in the other and she's eating her hot dog and then she eats <laughs> her ice cream and she's eating her hot dog and she's eating her ice cream. <laughs> And that little girl is Amy Wang. <laughs> Amy Wang. <laughs> Not creepy at all. I like the I like the meatballs better at IKEA. <laughs> Famous for their food. That's what they were always looking for. But, you gotta get something. We have to get like something when we go to IKEA. Yeah, we're changing this to the BDB Marketing Food Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking today about Costco and IKEA food sources. <laughs> Places that aren't food places, but sell food. (laughs) The Home Depot uh, food court. I like that. (laughs) They don't have that. You know, what's funny is my local Home Depot has a ribs truck outside all year round. So you're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Is that right? Yes. I'm located in San Francisco. Not known for its ribs. That's an interesting choice. Yeah, it's a it's a Home Depot in the South Bay that my parents like to frequent. I don't know why. There's just a ribs truck outside. So you can say, oh, yeah, it's a Home Depot in the South, and then you say Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> we we so have a bratwurst truck outside ours. At, now that I think about it, they're trying to be <laughs> IKEA, maybe. <laughs> so maybe, uh, yeah. What if you were to sponsor one of these food trucks that was in a, a, a key location for some of your people that brings bring this back to marketing? If you want to have some integrated campaigns, uh, <laughs> I, well, I suppose yeah, if you can have a dinner. Yeah, you could do a food truck, you know, a maybe not quite dinner, but a lunch that uh, involving a food truck, something like that, and then and then feed off of it. Pun intended, or no pun intended. <laughs> I love food trucks, so I'd go to that dinner or lunch or whatever it is. Me too. Sorry, we're going to stray away from the food here for a little bit. <laughs> um, all right, back to integrated campaign. Can you um, give us something, anything that, that bothers you about integrated campaigns, how people run them? You know, any, anything you find an issue with? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that 
for so long, marketing has been, we're marketing, you're sales, I'm field marketing, you're digital marketing, that it's still hard for everyone to sort of not want to celebrate personal wins. Um, and this kind of campaign is just, it's not built for that. <laughs> I mean, maybe we get, we get a really good event, but if nothing else is working, then you, you got to rethink your whole thing. Um, oh, so, so if you have silos of different marketing areas, when, once you get into a larger company, you've got, like you said, your field marketing and your event marketing and all these different areas. If they don't get on board with the same theme or somebody doesn't like what one division is putting forward to run campaigns around, they might not quite pull through on their side and just say, yeah, that was a bad idea or something like that. Yeah. And because it takes so much coordination, um, I mean, there's a lot of possibility that people just go rogue, especially when you're requiring like personal follow-ups and things like that. So basically in in the larger companies, mid-sized to large office politics can, can cause problems. Yeah, that's definitely one of the the hardest parts of working so cross-functionally on these is office politics or just trying to figure out like, did I do well on this? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you as an individual contributing to this, you you may not have a good sense of how well you're doing because you're going to have to wait. There's so many moving pieces. So do you have any favorite channels aside from the pillars, from, from the events? from the dinners, from the direct mail, any other channels that you, that you really like within these want to always incorporate? Well, as, as an ops person, I really, really love uh, using cadences for uh, marketing, sales, anything. Um, Just sort of having a schedule of like, send this email now, do this task now is really helpful. And being able to keep an eye on which person is in which step is very helpful. Oh, so, so not cadence, just an email cadence, but a cadence of, of multiple uh, Yeah, channels. and, you know, there's a lot of popular cadence tools out there, and I've used three or four of them. Um, most of them will do the same thing, but most importantly is knowing, you know, which people are in which step, and you can run triggers off of that. Like, oh, maybe step two is send them a bottle of wine. So once that person hits step two, I can also trigger a different set of ads. Right, right. Makes sense. Yep. So uh, make sure make sure you're tracking the cadences and you have everything planned out. And I guess um, that goes back to your previous tip of make sure you know the next step too, because the next step would previous you know typically be within the cadence there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anything else you want to throw in before we finish up here, Amy, on uh, integrated campaigns or Carla Joe? Do you have any any last questions? Is there is there a major tip that you just like forgot, Amy? Like, oh yeah. You did. <laughs> Well, I say this as someone, I'm in marketing ops, but I'm not on the marketing team. Um, I'm the business operations team. So I say this as an ops person, be nice to your ops person. They can (laughs) see all of the moving pieces. So you need to make friends with them. They will be your best friend. That's a good point. We'll put that quote on the magazine cover. Be nice to your marketing ops person. (laughs) All right. So I think integrated campaigns, it is a simple concept. Right. And it's a simple practice, but it's one of those simple things that makes sense. And you talk about it and everything we're saying probably seems like, well, yeah, of course, makes sense. No dub. But then what percentage of people are actually doing it? So hearing us say it, um, hearing Amy talk about it and then actually going out and executing, you know, the steps that it takes to have these integrated campaigns, there's a big difference there. So if you're listening and you're thinking, there's, there's nothing new here for me. Maybe you've heard all this before, but 
take it to heart and look at your company and say, okay, nothing new, but how much of this have you, are you actually executing? Are you really doing your integrated campaigns? You know, are you doing these kind of campaigns? And then if you're not doing events, dinners, stuff like that, you know, look at, is that something your, your company should be doing as, as a pillar for your marketing campaigns? And That's I guess you right. can find uh, Amy Wang. We'll have our, um, our show notes. You can find more information about her and how to re- reach out to her. She'll also be the celebrity judge at your local Costco hot dog eating <laughs> contest, I'm sure. Um, so check out the show notes on that at uh, ifyoumarket.com. And please uh, share us on social media. Tell your friends. Give us a good review. It really goes a long ways to getting the, uh, the word out on the podcast here. And on behalf of the If You Market team, and Carla Joe Helms and Amy Wang of People AI. Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with integrated campaigns, they will come. Any final advice to people? Uh, go eat hot dogs at Costco. Amen. <laughs>